baseball's owners and players have no meetings scheduled. They've had no meetings of any consequence in weeks, which is, of course, awesome. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. In a classic case of no news being good news, it's now been reported by multiple outlets, chiefly ESPN, that the owners and players have nothing on the cumulative docket between the two. The only meetings that they've had over the past month and change were to attempt to address little side things so that they can build the quote-unquote momentum needed to carry into economic talks, which are, of course, at the heart of what would need to be settled here. And the thinking at the time was that they would roll kind of smoothly into some bigger issues once January came around. And as I'm speaking to you, nobody has circled a single date on the calendar, even for the little stuff. Which means, regardless of which side you happened to have picked, which is how everything now goes in all public discourse, neither side is really feeling any urgency including the owners, who I will keep reminding everyone, control this process. If the owners felt any kind of, oh no, we have to get this season started on time, sense of duty or obligation, whether it's to the fans or more likely to themselves or their bottom line, they'd be trying to get something done. And let's remember that the timetable here is thinner than it might look. Spring training, generally speaking, gets going in the third week of February. Sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later, but that's, that's the average. It's the third week of February you can count on pitchers and catchers. And for that to reasonably happen, you'd have to have everything settled from what I understand, by the end of this month. I got news for you. That's not happening. There is no way that with this lack of anything in the process right now that you're going to have these sides sit together at a table and stay there and hash out something where they are solar systems apart philosophically, never mind the numbers, this isn't a matter of coming together on numbers, philosophically, that's got no chance. And as a result, everything's going to get pushed back. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. 
The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun. It's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So everything gets pushed back. And everyone who's involved, including the lawyers, they're human. They know what it's like to feel additional pressure, an additional burden to come away with what looks and feels like a W. And that's when the whole outlook for this process changes. This is why, to date, I've been downplaying and de-emphasizing any dialogue that's been had so far because it doesn't matter if you go back over the recent or actually even further back history of labor disputes in sports you'll find that both sides will only further hunker down the longer something drags out so for example the owners Two months ago, in their initial proposal, put forth a $180 million soft cap in the form of utilizing the existing competitive balance tax, even though it's really not that because the competitive balance tax that's there now doesn't get redistributed, at least not in any great quantity, to other teams. It's something that goes here and there, mostly to player funding retirement accounts and so forth. But anyway, it was a soft cap, whatever it is that you'd want to call it, of $180 million, along with a first-time-ever floor of $100 million. This is a scenario that would make for an infinitely fairer, across-the-board economic system for baseball, and I can tell you unequivocally that the Pirates would be in favor of such a deal. Yes, even though it forces them to spend up to 100 because it also comes with additional revenue sharing. Meaning there's more money coming in, they can easily afford to be at that figure as a floor. Great. Great. Well, a little bit after that, the owners moved off of that. It would have been very obvious that they would. You never put your very best offer on the table first, and they moved their soft cap up to 220, which is a little higher than it is right now in the existing contract. So it looks like, whoa, look at the owners. They're moving a little bit. Yeah, it looks flexible. They'll do that right up until they're ticked off. And then they just yank it right back off the table. Say, listen, you guys don't even want to talk about this. All right, here's 180. I can't stress this strongly enough. The owners in any scenario, whether it's labor like this with big quotes around it, because we're talking about multi-millions of dollars, or lowercase labor, you know, meaning actual labor, actual unionism, the bosses write the work rules. The workers don't have to go along with them. And the unions that represent them can strike, but that's not where we are right now. 
we are in the stage of the owners wanting to set different rules. If the owners see themselves as being in the right, and I would imagine that they do, then they're going to react very badly to the players just turning up their noses and walking away from it based on some philosophy or principle. And really, from the player's perspective, that's what this is mostly about. The union, influenced heavily by super agent Scott Boris, not something that's a figment of my imagination, that's a very real thing, wants nothing to do with anything that even smells a little bit like a salary cap, up to and including the salary floor that would benefit their membership unlike anything that's happened to their movement in a long time. Because Boris wants to protect the Bryce Harpers and the Trevor Bowers and so forth. Not that he represents Bauer, but you know what I'm saying. He wants to make sure that the very, very top gets taken care of. Why? Because he mostly represents the very, very top. And the owners... I believe, would be open to some give and take on a lot of other issues that are of legitimate concern to the players, like having to stay with the same team for six full years once you're their property, like the Super 2 stuff that keeps really talented rookies stuck in the minors. The players have a lot of legitimate beefs. This other thing, the stuff that interests Boris, isn't it. It isn't something that'll help 95% of them. And if the owners see that there's no movement off the Boris standard, the owners are going to hunker down. And that's why I'm saying that this delay, this lack of urgency is going to be a positive. Not because I'm cheering for the owners, not because I like the owners, certainly not because I like the commissioner. I don't care about those guys in the slightest. I do care about getting a fair system for Pittsburgh, and the best way to do that is through a cap-type system. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and... Today's comes from Josh Shirkle, who asks your thoughts on the Ken Rosenthal situation. For those of you who don't know what Josh is referring to, Ken Rosenthal, uh, who I've long considered to be the United States' premier baseball reporter and, side note, a guy I've known pretty well for a long time and someone I consider to be a friend, was fired by MLB Network because of some stances that he'd taken on that network that were critical of Rob Manfred. And that's lousy. I mean, that's really, really petty on Manfred's part. It demonstrates a terrible lack of understanding of what it is that we do in our profession, and it really hurts his network more than anything else. It really hurts that particular component and it's a valuable component 
to what Major League Baseball does. I would place that into stark contrast with how the NFL handles its own network, where they allow all kinds of discussion and fair and honest reporting and opinion that will criticize that league's commissioner, Roger Goodell. It basically affirms what a lot of us have already known forever, but now makes its way out into the public that these are, and I have derisively referred to them this way for years, as house organs. That's what they are. MLB Network is a house organ. MLB.com is a house organ. Pirates.com is a house organ. The league and the teams maintain control over what's on there. This is not a shot at them. This is a fact. There's even a rule at MLB.com, and I've shared this with listeners and readers over the years, that if you're a reporter there and you have something to say about that team's owner, even if it's the owner is the greatest thing in the world, it has to clear a special editing desk in Toronto to get approval before it runs. Not making that up. So these things are what they are. Ken knew that when he signed up for that as a side gig. And by the way, that's all it's ever been for him is a side gig. And Ken knows that now, but Ken wasn't about to change his standards or who he is based on the second or third line of employment on his list. And by the way, parenthetically, don't weep for Ken. He's doing very well for himself with or without MLB Network, and I'll leave it right there on that count. Ken's going to be okay. But this will underscore yet again the value, at least I hope it does to people on the outside, of independent media. All too often, I'll hear in some form uh, that, you know, well, what you guys do, anybody can do. You go into a locker room, you hear some quotes, and you transcribe them, and that's that. That's a total, total head-in-the-sand approach to what it is that we're actually doing. And unfortunately, it takes negative situations for people to realize that. Yes, of course. Andrew McCutcheon hits three home runs in a game. Guess what I'm going to write about? Yeah, I'm going to go find Kutch and say, hey, Kutch, how about those three home runs? And could anyone do that? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to, you know, do it better than anyone else, but doesn't mean that I will. And it doesn't mean that someone else couldn't, including the house organ. But with this kind of stuff, you've got nowhere else to look other than independent media. And I applaud Ken for always making sure that he stayed on the right side of that, even while working on the side for MLB Network and building up his own brand by being a part of game telecasts and by being part of the draft and the trade deadline presentations that they have. Ken will be okay. Do not weep for Ken. Can't say it enough. Trust me, he's fine. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirate. Let's do another one tomorrow. 